Hey, it's Otis here. Before we get to the bedtime reading, I wanted to let you know that I just launched a brand new show. It's called The Daily Book Club, a daytime companion to Sleepy, where you hear entire books one chapter at a time, one day at a time. Simple as that. So if Sleepy is how you uh, wind down your day, The Daily Book Club is a great way to start your day. There's new episodes daily. Uh, I read in a slightly peppier voice so that you can get really lost in these amazing stories that have stood the test of time. Or, just like Sleepy, you can sit back and relax and zone out to a good book. The first book we'll be reading is The Enchanted April by Elizabeth Von Arnhem. Story is, in the 1920s, four women unfulfilled with life take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. I think that this is a perfect story for the season, and you can hear it now. Find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. This show has been a long time coming, and I'm so excited to bring you even more stories. So go subscribe to The Daily Book Club to hear what happens next. Thanks. This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well, and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high-quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, they have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included. And there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep. To all the new listeners of Sleepy, welcome. 
I really hope this show helps you doze off into a deep, deep slumber. And to everyone who's listened before, welcome back. I've been hearing from more listeners that Sleepy has helped them get a really great night's sleep in ways they haven't before. It's changed the way they go to work the next day, gets them to exercise more, and just so many incredibly humbling messages that are just honestly mind-blowing. It's hard to believe that just being read to sleep can make such a big difference. Well, this week, as a special episode, we're kind of going to be bucking the routine of reading classic novels, and we're going to read some poetry, Leaves of Grass, by Walt Whitman. Now, the thing about this poetry reading is that it's part of our patron-only poetry feed. Basically, Sleepy has a Patreon page where listeners are supporting the show month to month with even a dollar at a time, and it's pretty amazing. Well, at $5 a month, you get a special poetry reading like this sent right to you twice a month. So far, people are loving the poetry feed, and I wanted to share it here to give you all an idea of what it is. So, if you like this episode and the show helps you get to sleep, consider going to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and be a part of making this show. The more support the show has from listeners, the more I can put into helping the show spread so that more people can get much needed sleep that they need and we can keep making a difference in people's daily lives by providing a really great snooze. So if you want to be part of the show and you want to hear more poetry readings just like this, just for you, go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and become a patron of the show. Thank you so, so much. So without further ado, the patron-only reading of Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Lay your head back. Let your body melt into your bed. Close your eyes. And let me read to you. Leaves of Grass, Songs to Myself. I celebrate myself, what I assume you shall assume, for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul, I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. Houses and rooms are full of perfumes and shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of the distillation. It is odorless. It is for my mouth forever. I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. 
the smoke of my own breath. Echoes, ripples, and buzzed whispers. Love root, silk thread, crotch and vine. My respiration and inspiration. The beating of my heart. The passing of blood and air through my lungs. The sniff of green leaves and dry leaves. And of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks. And of hay in the barn. The sound of belched words of my voice. Words loosed to the eddies of the wind. A few light kisses. A few embraces. The reaching around of arms. The play of shine and shade on the trees as the supple bows wag. The delight alone, or in the rush of the streets, or along the fields and hillsides. The feeling of health, the full noon trill, the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me, and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters and books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. I have heard what the talkers were talking, the talk of the beginning and the end, but I do not talk of the beginning or the end. There was never any more inception than there is now, nor any more youth or age than there is now. There will never be any more perfection than there is now, nor any more heaven or hell than there is now. Urge and urge and urge, always the procreant urge of the world. Out of the dimness opposite equals advance, always substance and increase, always a knit of identity, always distinction, always a breed of life. To elaborate is no avail. Learned and unlearned feel that it is so. Sure is the most certain sure. Plumb in the uprights, well entreated. Brace in the beams, stout as a horse, affectionate, haughty, electrical. I in this mystery, here we stand. Clear and sweet is my soul. And clear and sweet is all that is not my soul. Lack one lacks both, and the unseen is proved by the seen, till it becomes unseen and receives proof in its turn. Showing the best and dividing it from the worst, age vexes age, knowing the perfect fitness and equanimity of things. While they discuss, I am silent, and go bathe and admire myself. Welcome is every organ and attribute of me, and of any man hardy and clean. Not an inch, nor a particle of an inch is vile, and none shall be less familiar than the rest. 
I am satisfied. I see, dance, laugh, sing. As God comes a loving bedfellow and sleeps at my side all night and close on the peep of the day and leaves for me baskets covered with white towels bulging the house with their plenty. Shall I postpone my acceptation and realization and scream at my eyes that they turn from gazing after and down the row and forthwith cipher and show me to assent exactly the contents of one and exactly the contents of two and which is ahead. Trippers and askers surround me, people I meet, the effect upon me of my early life, of the ward and city I live in, of the nation, the latest news, discoveries, inventions, societies, authors old and new, my dinner, dress, associates, looks, business, compliments, dues, the real or fancied indifference of some man or woman I love, the sickness of one of my folks, nor of myself, or ill-doing, or loss or lack of money, or depressions or exaltations. They come to me days and nights and go from me again, but they are not the me myself. Apart from the pulling and hauling stands what I am, stands amused, complacent, compassionating, idle, unitary, looks down, is erect, bends an arm on an impalpable certain rest, looks with its side-curved head, curious what will come next, both in and out of the game, and watching and wondering at it. Backward I see my own days, where I sweated through fog with linguists and contenders. I have no mockings or arguments. I witness and wait. I believe in you, my soul. The other, I am, must not abase itself to you, and you must not be abased to the other. Loaf with me on the grass. Loose the stop from your throat. Not words, not music or rhyme I want. Not custom or lecture. Not even the best. Only the lull I like. The hum of your valved voice. I mind how we lay in June. Such a transparent summer morning. You settled your head athwart upon my hips and gently turned over upon me. And parted the shirt from my bosom bone and plunged your tongue to my bare-stripped heart, and reached till you felt my beard, and reached till you held my feet. Swiftly arose and spread around me the peace and joy of knowledge that pass all the art and argument of the earth, and I know that the hand of God is the elder hand of my own, and I know that the Spirit of God is the eldest brother of my own, and that all the men ever born, are also my brothers, and the women my sisters, and lovers, and that a kelson of the creation is love, and limitless are leaves stiff or drooping in the fields, and brown ants in the little wells beneath them, and mossy scabs of the worm fence, and heap stones, 
and elder and mullen and pokeweed. The child said, What is the grass? Fetching it to me with full hands. How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. I guess it must be the flag of my disposition, out of hopeful green stuff woven. Or I guess it is the handkerchief of the Lord, a scented gift, a remembrance or designly drop, bearing the owner's name somewhere in the corners that we may see and remark and say, whose? Or I guess the grass is itself a child, the produced babe of the vegetation. Or I guess it is a uniform hieroglyphic, and it means sprouting alike in broad zones and narrow zones, growing among black folks as among white, Canuck, Tuckahoe, Congressman, Cuff. I give them the same. I receive them the same. And now it seems to me the beautiful uncut hair of grays. Tenderly will I use you, curling grass. It may be you transpire from the breasts of young men. It may be if I had known them, I would have loved them. It may be you are from old people and from women and from offspring taken out of their mother's laps. But here you are, the mother's laps. This grass is very dark to be from the white heads of old mothers, darker than the colorless beards of old men, dark to come from under the faint red roofs of mounds. Oh, I perceive after all so many uttering tongues, and I perceive they do not come from the roofs of mouths for nothing. I wish I could translate the hints about the dead young men and women, and the hints about old men and mothers, and the offspring taken soon out of their laps. What do you think has become of the young and old men? And what do you think has become of the women and the children? They are alive and well somewhere. The smallest sprout there is really no death. And if ever there was it led to forward life, it does not wait at the end to arrest it and cease the moment life appeared. All goes onward and outward, and nothing collapses. And to die is different from what anyone supposed, and luckier. Has anyone supposed it lucky to be born? I hasten to inform him or her it is just as lucky to die, and I know it. I pass death with the dying, and birth with the new-washed babe and am not contained between my hat and boots, and pursue manifold objects, no two alike, and everyone good, the earth good, and the stars good, and their adjuncts all good. I am not an earth, nor an adjunct of an earth. I am the mate and companion of people, all just as immortal and fathomless as myself. They do not know how immortal, but I know every kind for itself and its own, for me, mine, male and female, for me, all that have been boys and that love women, for me, the man that is proud and feels how it stings to be slighted, for me, the sweetheart and the old maid, 
for me mothers and the mothers of mothers, for me lips that have smiled, eyes that have shed tears, for me children and the begetters of children who need to be afraid of the merge, undraped, you are not guilty to me, nor stale, nor discarded. I see through the broadcloth and the jingham, whether or no, and am around, tenacious, acquisitive, tireless, and can never be shaken away. The little one sleeps in its cradle. I lift the gauze and look a long time, and silently brush away flies with my hand. The youngster and the red-faced girl turn aside up a bushy hill. I peeringly view them from the top. The suicide sprawls on the bloody floor of the bedroom. It is so. I witness the corpse, that the pistol had fallen. The blab of the bathe, the tires of carts and slough of boot soles and talk of promenaders. The heavy omnibus. The driver with his interrogating thumb. The clank of the shod horses on the granite floor. The carnival of sleighs. The clinking and shouted jokes and pelts of snowballs. The hurrahs for popular favorites. The fury of roused mobs. The flap of the curtain litter. The sick man inside, born to the hospital. The meeting of enemies. The sudden note the blows and fall, the excited crowd, the policeman with his star quickly working his passage to the center of the crowd, the impassive stones that receive and return so many echoes, the souls moving along, are they invisible, while the least atom on the stones is visible, what groans and overfed or half-starved who fall on the flag sunstruck or in its fits, what exclamations of women taken suddenly who hurry home and give birth to babes. What living and buried speech is always vibrating here. What howls restrained by decorum, arrests of criminals, slights, adulterous offers made, acceptances, rejections with convex lips. I mind them, or the resonance of them. I come again and again. The big doors of the country barn stand open and ready. The dried grass of the harvest time loads the slow-drawn wagon. The clear light plays on the brown, gray, and gray intertinged. The armfuls are packed to the sagging mow. I am there. I help. I came stretched atop the load. I felt its soft jolts. One leg reclined on the other. I jumped from the crossbeams and seize the clover and timothy, and roll head over heels and tangle my hair full of wisps. Alone far in the winds and mountains I hunt, wandering amazed at my own lightness and glee, in the late afternoon choosing a safe spot to pass the night, kindling a fire and broiling the fresh-killed game, soundly falling asleep on gathered leaves, my dog and gun by my side. The Yankee Clipper is under three sky sails. She cuts the sparkle and scud. 
my eyes settle to land. I bend at her prow or shout joyously from the deck. The boatmen and clam diggers arose early and stopped for me. I ducked my trouser ends in my boots and went and had a good time. He should have been with us that day, round the chowder kettle. I saw the marriage of a trapper in the open air in the far west. The bride was a red girl. Her father and his friends sat nearby, cross-legged and dumbly smoking. They had moccasins to their feet and large, thick blankets hanging from their shoulders. On a bank lounged the trapper. He was dressed mostly in skins. His luxuriant beard and curls protected his neck. One hand rested on his rifle. The other hand held firmly the wrist of the red girl. She had long eyelashes. Her head was bare. Her coarse straight locks descended upon her voluptuous limbs and reached to her feet. The runaway slave came to my house and stopped outside. I heard his motions crackling the twigs of the woodpile. Through the swung half-door of the kitchen, I saw him limpsy and weak, and went where he sat on a log, and led him in and assured him, and brought water and filled a tub for his sweated body and bruised feet, and gave him a room that entered from my own room, and gave him some coarse, clean clothes, and remember perfectly well his revolving eyes and his awkwardness, and remember putting plasters on the galls of his neck and ankles, he stayed with me a week before he was recuperated and passed north. I had him sit next to me at table. My firelock leaned in the corner. Twenty-eight young men bathed by the shore. Twenty-eight young men. And all so friendly. Twenty-eight years of womanly life. And all so lonesome. She owns the fine house by the rise of the bank. She hides handsome and richly dressed aft the blinds of the window. Which of the young men does she like the best? Ah, the homeliest of them is beautiful to her. Where are you off to, lady? For I see you. You splash in the water there, yet stay stock still in your room. Dancing and laughing along the beach came the twenty-ninth bather. The rest did not see her but she saw them and loved them. The beards of the young men glistened with wet. They ran from their long hair, little streams passed all over their bodies. An unseen hand also passed over their bodies. It descended tremblingly from their temples to their ribs. The young men float on their backs. Their white bellies swell to the sun. They do not ask who seizes fast to them. They do not know who puffs and declines with pendant and bending arch. They do not think whom they souse with spray. The butcher boy puts off his killing clothes or sharpens his knife at the stall in the market. I loiter enjoying his repartee and his shuffle and breakdown. Blacksmiths with grimed and hairy chests environ the anvil, which has a main sledge. They are all out. There's a great heat in the fire. From the cinder-strewed threshold, I follow their movements. The lithe cheer of their waist plays even with the massive arms. Overhand, the hammers roll 
overhand so slow, overhand so sure, they do not hasten, each man hits its place. The negro holds firmly the reins of his four horses, the block swags underneath on its tied-over chain, the negro that drives the huge dray of the stone yard. Steady and tall, he stands poised on one leg on the string piece. His blue shirt exposes his ample neck and breast and loosens over his hip band. His glance is calm and commanding. He tosses the slouch of his hat away from his forehead. The sun falls on his crispy hair and mustache, falls on the black of his polished and perfect limbs. I behold the picturesque giant and love him. I do not stop there. I go with the team also. In me the caresser of life, wherever moving, backward as well as forward slowing, to niches aside and junior bending. Oxen that rattle the yoke or halt in the shade, what is it that you express in your eyes? It seems to be more than all the print I've read in my life. My tread scares the wood drake and wood duck on my distant and day-long ramble. They rise together. They slowly circle around. I believe in those winged purposes. I acknowledge the red, yellow, and white playing within me and consider the green and violet and tufted crown intentional and do not call the tortoise unworthy because she is not something else. And the mockingbird in the swamp never studied the gamut, yet trills pretty well to me. And the look of the bay mare shames silliness out of me. The wild gander leads his flock through the cool night. You honk, he says, and sounds it down to me like an invitation. The pert may suppose it meaningless, but I listen closer. I find its purpose and place up there toward the November sky. The sharp-hoofed mouse of the north, the cat of the house so, the chickadee, the prairie dog, the litter of the grunting sow as they tug at her teats, the brood of the turkey hen, and she with her half-spread wings I see in them, and myself the same old law. The press of my foot to the earth springs a hundred affections, they scorn the best I can do to relate them. I am enamored of growing outdoors, of men that live among cattle or taste of the ocean or woods, of the builders and steerers of ships, of the wielders of axes and mauls, of the drivers of horses. I can eat and sleep with them week in and week out. What is the commonest and cheapest and nearest and easiest is me. Me going in for my chances, spending for vast returns, adorning myself to bestow myself on the first that will take me, not asking the sky to come down to my goodwill, scattering it freely, forever. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.